Yes, even more exclusive content from Sports Kita Wrestling on your podcast feed. And if you're enjoying it, why don't you just help us out and give us a five-star review on whatever podcast app you're enjoying. And also check out all the other content we have. Top Story, new episodes of it nearly five days a week. Vince Russo reviewing Monday Night Raw with Legion of Raw. And every Friday night, Dutch Mantel covering SmackDown and Rampage. Plus exclusive interviews and pay-per-view post shows as well. All on this feed. People who dig what we did because it's a it's a very dark satire, you know, superhero show, and the people who got all the little quips and the, you know, the, just the little things that we did all the way through it. There's a lot of um, Easter eggs, as they call it, throughout the whole thing. They love it, and the people who don't really get it, they don't get it. It's kind of like wrestling. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, jump into the oh my god moment of the week. So, uh, Dynamite starts off with uh, Tony Khan. Um, you know, he's the CEO and the head writer and the chairman and uh, head of creative and all of those things of uh, AEW. And he was so excited. He was so he was over mic. You know, kind of shaky because he was he was he was fired up he wanted to tell everybody hey he's been a fan since 2002 and hey the inception of ring of honor leads to here 20 years later he now owns wc i mean he now owns <laughs> ring of honor wrestling and he has the rights and so before we go into the the rumors of what it may be, there's some there's some rumors of where what AEW is going going to be pegged as within the AEW umbrella. We'll get to that, but just you know, just initial thoughts, Vince. What do you think about this acquiring of Ring of Honor by Tony Khan? Bro, you you, you got I got to be honest with you. I I don't think nothing of it. I, I mean, come on, bro. They 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 shut their doors in December. They they were out of business. But but here's my question, bro, because listen, man, I, I've been this way my entire life. I know Paige is this way. Bro, at the end of the day, here's what I look at. It comes down to business. So what I'm looking at is obviously there was an investment here on Tony Khan's part. I'm curious to see how Tony Khan parlays this investment in dollars and cents to me that's all that matters bro how are yeah. you gonna wh whatever you spent on this company how are you going to make an investment is it going to be the library are you going to get an roh show on tbs are you going to use the roh talent to get the tnt tv tbs ratings up how mm -hmm. are you going to use this to make money that's my question, bro. That that that's the only thing I'm really interested in seeing. So, if I'm not mistaken, Vince bought WCW for about four and a half million, right? If five. I'm not mistaken, five, five, five about five million. I would have so, bought it for five if I knew he was buying it for five. Bischoff <laughs> would have bought it for five if he yeah. was buying. It. And I'm going to tell you, my this is my uh, conspiracy theory. This is how Vince won the war. That son of a bitch who sold it to him. Um, Hart, I can't remember his name now. Red Siegel? 
No, no, Brad was not the guy. It was the guy yeah. who came from, uh, from Warner Brothers. Uh, Chris, I can't remember his name. Whatever his name is, he cancels wrestling, cancels it, and Bischoff, because Bischoff was buying it for $50 million. $50 million. I know these numbers. I was there. $50 million, and he's going to take all of the contracts. Got to be another $35 million. Easy. Just because of Hulk and Goldie and everybody. So they've saved $25 million. He's taking all of the risk. Taking it all the way. And this guy, Jamie Kilner or something like that. That's, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. This douchebag says, Brad, he's buying the company for this, but you gave him 10 years on TBS. He goes, well, it's the highest rated show that we have. Let's just call it, let's call it 70 million, okay? They're going to get. And he says, no, we're not going to do that. We're canceling wrestling. Whoa, 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 whoa. Bishop's like, hold on. Give me a month, two months to, Bishop did not want to be on TBS or TNT. He wanted to take it to wherever he could that was other than there. And Kilner says, no. We're just going to, and Nash's, Kevin Nash's analogy of it, we're just going to burn the place down. We don't want the money. But it'll pay $5 million, take $5 million from Vince. So this is what I think happened. And this is how Vince inevitably won the war. He probably paid that son of a bitch $5 million. And they gave him $5 million, win-win for Vince, because now WCW is gone. So I'm hard-pressed for anybody to tell me any other story. Maybe you got a million bucks. He got something. Because why wouldn't you give Bish another month, two months? He had the money. He had it all. And he just went boom. And I'll tell you, not for me personally, because always my career was going to end in a WWE, good or bad, good or bad. That's where it's going to end, because that's where I grew up, WWWF. That's where I was ending my career. No one could talk me out of that. When this happened, I felt so bad for the crew. The guys who've been doing that job, some of them, Moses, my buddy Moses, 23 years he worked for that company and worked his way all the way up. All of a sudden, his job's gone. Like, that's just, that's what really bummed me out. So, either way, you know, Bishop would have paid $5 million in a heartbeat to take that catalog and go put it somewhere else. Why didn't he get the option? Never yeah. did. Yeah, great point. Yeah, and to, and, and to uh, transition over to, and to bring that bridge that over to Tony Khan, 
I, I don't know. I don't know how much he bought it for. You know, there's there's numbers out there right now that's talking thirty to forty million. Again, I don't know how much it was, but that's the number right there now out, out there now that's circulating around. To Vince's point, Paige, how does if, if it is thirty to forty between thirty and forty million, how does no he way. convert a profit from that? No way. There's no way. There's no that's way. There's no way, no way that it's worth, not the catalog, nothing, it's not worth four million. You know, but here's what it's worth though. First of all, I gotta tell you, I loved Tony Khan's friggin' excitement. You listen to the people? Did you, did you watch that? Those people, forget the wrestling fans, I've been to every friggin' arena in my life. Those people are even better than ECW fans. Like, they are the best fans I have ever seen. They are so passionate. They were cheering him, screaming before he said anything. They didn't know what he was going to say. So, right now, and this is what makes it valuable, wrestling is must-see TV. Everything else is DVR'd. Wrestling is like, is, and it's really not, but it's considered like real sports. Like, you got to watch that game because you don't want to watch it tomorrow. Yeah. You want to watch the game right now. So people will sit through commercials. And to even make it better, they do the little screen caption. This is another thing. Maybe he could do that. That's what I would think. Right now, he's got four hours of television. Is it four or three? Three? Three. 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 Two for Dynamite, one for Rampage. Right. But Rampage might turn into two because that's how it started. It was two hours for Raw, uh, for Nitro, and then it went to three. And then it went to two hours over, what you were called, over uh, for Thunder. Thunder. I thought all that was way too much wrestling. You know, the different league, who knows? But he didn't pay no big money for it, dude. I know because we contract out to do stuff and what they pay. So they ain't throwing the money away on that. They might on some of this top talent that's come in, but they wouldn't be the first to do that. <laughs> you know. So along those lines, there's a, there's some some talk out there. There's rumors that it could become the developmental territory for AW. What do you all think about that? Go ahead, Vince. I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Bro, you know, again, again, Chris, it, it really comes down to what the guy paid for it. You, you, you know what I'm saying? And not knowing that, you really don't know if he's going to get the most bang out of his buck, if it's a developmental ter territory or not. So it, it, it's just really hard to say, not knowing all the facts. But, I mean, yeah. I guess they could use a developmental territory. I mean, there's sure. no doubt about that. But, man, bro, he's going to have to really increase management. I, I don't know how one guy's going to do all this. I, I uh, mean, I, I th this, this is a big – this is a big undertaking, bro. So I don't know. No, you're, Vince is right. I don't know. I don't know one guy, you know, is going to do all that, you know. And you know, and and Vince was at the top of the list. There's a whole team of writers 
whether Vince mm -hmm. changes at the end or not, there's a whole team of writers. So I some kind of plan though. Yeah, I, I can see I can see that working, not necessarily being a developmental, but I think if it was used as like an NXT type of feel to it, right. I think it can have its own identity to it. If it was an NXT feel to it, and you can still bring top talent, you can still you bring some newer talent in, but have them work with some older talent, just like the NXT structure is. I think in that way it could work. But Chris, the only thing you 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 keep talking about this, and bro, I speak for the casual fans. I always do. Bro, you're talking about the same fan base. You, yeah. you, you're talking about the same. They've got to go beyond that fan base, bro. Well, they need to they need they, they need to start doing that with the top show. Yeah, <laughs> with, I'm just saying, I mean, everything that you're saying is okay, bro. That's great. For the yeah. AEW crowd, you got to yeah. go beyond that, bro, at some point. Yeah, I don't know if we'll get there because he's, he's, he's a fan. He's yeah. a, Tony's a fan. So uh, let's go to the Brawling Down Mary Lane, fellas. So who had the darker character? We never saw this in WWE. We saw Sting and, and Mark Callis go against each other in a WC, WCW ring, but we never saw Sting versus The Undertaker. Even there was a time where they were together finally in WWE, but WWE still decided to branch off and have them be in two different uh, matches. Never saw it. Seems like we'll never see it. Who was the darker character, Sting or The Undertaker, and do you think that we should have seen this in a WWE ring? Yeah, as far as hey. Definitely Taker, the darker character. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, he went up and did a Raptors and changed all the stuff, and still strong as ever in his sixties. I don't really know anybody who can say that. You know, consistently, like Sting is, he has become not only the anomaly, but like I'm, I'm just blown away by everything Sting does <laughs> at this point. Um, and I said to him when I was at Darby's day off where he jumped over his house with a, with a Jeep, with a Jeep, he jumped over his house. I was there, Sting was there, and we, and we talked for a while there. Um, you know, I wouldn't call this character dark. I think it was its, and I wouldn't call it light. I wouldn't call it upbeat. It was, it was, it was an amazing Enigma, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, Scott Hall was the one who came up with that look to sing when he was looking for something different. And he said, why don't you do that? something with, I don't know the exact verbiage, but Scott Hall was the one who came up with that idea. And then Singer, he was done with that old character. And I never saw it as dark. I just thought it as an enigma and the franchise. You yeah. know, yeah. Yeah man you know so yeah but taker was dark taker was he's done a lot of things he was sort of comical you know the thing in the beginning not comical but you know uh um where he was it was like a character like everybody had in the in the 80s and then he turned it into some really cool stuff man you know mm -hmm. and he, mm -hmm. he was almost like jericho 
to assert, or should say he was doing it before Jericho was. He kept changing The Undertaker. You know, and there was a lot of really cool versions. But even when he was a badass biker, you know, you could call that dark. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. I, I he was the darker of them. And, uh, and, I mean, who had a better run than Taker? You know what I mean? I, yeah. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Vince, do you think that we should have seen Sting versus Taker in the WWE ring? Never got a chance to see it. Uh, you know what, though, Chris? I'll be honest with you, bro. Even at that time, though, they were both past their prime. You, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, I, I just, man, if, if we could have seen the best of them, absolutely. But yeah. seeing them when they were both beyond their prime, I mean, you know, bro, it would still be really special seeing them in the ring together but i you know i would have hated for it to be sloppy or slow yeah. i mean bro they they, they would perform out the wazoo but bro father times father time so i yeah. think by the time they got to the same company i just think it was a little too late man yeah, I think we would have been distracted by the bells and whistles that came with that as far as their gimmicks are concerned. But at yeah. the end of the day, there is some there is some performance, there's some physicality with the performance. And I think that that could have been, yeah. you know, uh, that could have been an issue, you know, to, yeah. to see and to watch for both of them as far as their capacity is concerned. Taker versus AJ works really well because AJ did a phenomenal job uh, really accentuating the positive of the undertaker and helping him throughout that match aj had that ability if he threw a sting in there or something like that they both you know their better years are behind them but actually we're not we're starting to see a revival of a 60 you know uh three-year-old sting almost yeah. <laughs> you know i mean but for the most part you know his better years are behind him but yeah i mean i, I think Sting is my all-time favorite. A lot of people know that. And people always ask me, did I want to see Sting versus Taker? And I say, after Sting lost to Triple H, to me, it was just done. I didn't want to see him at, at Mania against Taker because that would have been another loss by to Sting because Sting wasn't going to beat Taker at Mania. So I really didn't have that interest after Sting first came. So let's get to the low, bro, ladies and gentlemen. Let's land the plane, and let's end with Vince, Vince McMahon. He is rumored, and with his seventy-six-year-old self, not a chance. Return to the ring against Pat McAfee, ladies and gentlemen, Vince. Why is this well, even Chris, considered other than bringing some more people? They kind of put the kibosh on that today. L listen, here, here's the bottom line, and Paige will tell you this. Bro, you got to understand something. They got to sell 100,000 seats two nights yeah. in a row. That's a lot of tickets. So yeah. Vince is going to do whatever he has to do to put butts in seats. But I think today, bro, we, we kind of find out where – he kind of, you know, he kind of um, gave McAfee a match at WrestleMania, but he was no part of it. That that was yeah. no part of the interview today with McAfee. So it'll probably be Austin Theory 
which, yeah. which that that scares me too, bro. I mean, Austin Theory is still a little green. McAfee's not really a wrestler. I mean, that's a little. I don't know what that's gonna look like. But bro, the bottom line is, man, Vince is a promoter. He's got to put butts in seats, and whatever it takes, he's gonna do. Now, do you think that Theory's being used as a red herring now? And, and Vince is gonna wrestle. And Vince is the one. Like he, he looks at he 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 does theory. He just sows the seeds. He misdirects, and they do one of those mumble segments. I hope. And all of a sudden, he steps up and says, I hope. Now listen. Let, let let's let's be honest, bro. He's Vince McMahon. I understand that. He's still a seventy-six-year-old man. The, Indeed. The, the risk of him getting hurt, bro. I don't think is worth it. That that's but my you know opinion. Vince would rather die in the ring though, man. You know you know he would he would do it for the company. Paige, what do you think? I gotta ask Vince a question first. Vince, I've heard and tell me if I'm wrong, I've heard that they cut that state that they were selling just half the building. Are they selling seats? Oh, oh, absolutely. They're, they're looking to sell 200,000 tickets. Absolutely. Ah. Yes. Yes. Wow. They're about halfway there, Paige. They're, they're, they, got, they're, they got about 100,000 sold for Real. the two nights. They got another 100 to go. Well, I got to tell anybody who's listening right now that right across the street, guaranteed on Sunday, it might happen on Saturday. Ric Flair's woo party, which me and Jake will be there. Right, literally, my buddy Chris Randolph has a barbecue place that's across the street. He does, across the street from the stadium, like park your car, come down and party with us starting at three o'clock. And he puts 1,500 people for his tailgate party every sunday the dallas cowboys play and i think right. it's go to if you just look up because i can't remember our exact uh uh our uh the exact uh uh website i think it's vip com, and you'll see them up there and it's like it's an open they got the best barbecue on the planet they got um Free beer and booze. There's going to be bands, and you know me, Rick, and uh, and uh, uh, Jake are going to be there. And they got top shelf too. They got a whole thing for VIP top shelf open bar, all the top shelf booze. So that's going to be a hell of a party. And so going in, I I heard, and I'm glad you corrected me, that they were only selling half the building because it no. didn't make sense. I walked out there the last time they were in Dallas. They invited me to the uh, to be the surprise guest for the Andre. Andre. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and walking out there and seeing that place full. And I got a little picture somewhere around here, and I'm about this big at it, throwing up the diamond cutter, and my buddy had the shot of it. And you see, like, maybe 20,000 people of the – Hundred and one thousand seventy percent of them throwing up their hands. It was really an amazing sight. That's awesome. Uh, wow, two hundred thousand people just having two hundred thousand 
in town that all got tickets, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're selling. They're doing like two first. They're they're doing like uh, uh like two first and package uh, tickets too. So one person can buy like two tickets at a discounted rate. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I just thought the cost of the building. I mean, you know, Ben. You know, the cost of the building, the cost of production, the cost of the crew, all of that. You know, like wow. Um, but hey, man, I hope they get it because <laughs> you know what? We can yeah, the sure. across the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.